Thank you for joining us today. We hope this teaching inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you tools for everyday life. We encourage you to visit us at mbcocala.com to discover more about the life-changing ministry at Meadowbrook, as well as convenient ways you can partner with us financially in helping people move from where they are to where God wants them to be. Enjoy the message. Good, good. You know, the psalmist David, he said, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. In other words, I was glad when it was time to go to church. I hope you were glad to get here today. I can remember times as a young man, they'd say it's time to go to church, and I was not glad. I was sad, all right? And uh, so I think church should be one of the highlights of our week, and we believe that church days do, in fact, affect the rest of our days. And so uh, let's put in today. Let's, let's, let's really take hold of what we have. As we told you earlier, we come to do two things, and that's to lift up. And what a beautiful time of that this morning. And then baptisms. And we had uh, 30 or 40 baptisms over the course of the whole morning. And now it's our time to listen up. And I believe that God has something to say to us through his word and through the foolishness of preaching, as the Bible calls it. Uh, we're going to gain something today. Amen? Amen. All right, let's stand together. Could we, everybody, stand? One other favor. Could you do this? And smile. All right, thank you. Let's lift our hands to the Lord. Lord, we love you and we thank you for this day, a day that you have made. We choose to rejoice and to be glad in it. We say to you right up front today, Lord, we trust you. We trust you. And I'm asking you, God, today in this time that you would touch and help and strengthen and encourage and bring answers and bring relief, bring hope. Lord, just work in our individual lives. You know what's going on, God. You know what we're worried about. You know what we're trying to find answers for. You know what we're happy about. And God, I just pray that you'd minister and show yourself so close to every person today. And now as we all together uh, listen up to what you would say, God, through this message that I believe with all my heart is what you would have us to hear today, that you'd help me to deliver it in the right way, help every one of us to receive, to hear what you have for us. And I pray that when everything is said and done today, that you, Jesus, the Lord of our life, the head over all things to this church, that you'd be pleased that you'd be honored, that you'd be glorified, and that these, your people, every single one of them would be helped today. That's our prayer. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen and amen. And how about a big welcome for our online and East Campus. Let's welcome them. God bless you guys. So glad you're with us today. It's going to be good. God bless you. You may be seated. You may be seated. Well, we're in a series called I Want to Be Better. Go ahead and by faith say it. I want to be better. And we're really talking about um, progress and improvement. How many of you would, just looking around our world today, you'd just have to chime in and say, come on, we've got to do better than this. Come on. And then I think in our own lives, you know, if we're honest, we look and say, you know what, I need to do better in this and I need to do better on that. And, uh, but I don't want this to be just this pile on. I don't think you should go to, get, go to church and get yelled at. I'll try that again. I don't think you should go to church to get yelled at. And uh, 
God really is calling us into something here. And so we're going to see out of the light of God's Word and tying some things together today, it's going to help us to, to not just see that I need to or I have to do better, but you're going to want to. And we've strategically and intentionally named it. I want to be better. I want to, to do better. So under the whole idea of progress and improvement, we're talking about your roles in life, your responsibilities in life, and then your relationships in life. And we're going to get into some details starting next week. We'll start to break down some areas and bring, bring out some principles. Really, it boils down to this, your duties and your demeanor. So it's not just what you do that we could have some improvement. How about this? It's how you do it how you do it. And then beyond that, I think here's the real launching pad. It's why you do it. Why you do it. You know, there's a difference in a person doing their job because they love their job and because they see the value of doing their job as opposed to somebody that's like, uh, how much longer we got before we're done? You know, and you're going to get a different kind of result out of those people. And so it's not just what we do, it's how we do it. And I think that's informed by why we do it, and that would be our motivations. Motivations are very, very important, and you need to check your motivations in different things in life. Before I finished the message last week, we talked about the two greatest motivators to help us want to improve uh, in our lives. And the first one, if you'll remember, is this, is honor. Everybody say honor. honor. And of course, that's to honor God. We want to honor God. Uh, that it, we should just be so clear on this. You're the one who gave me life. In you, I live, I move, I have my being. God, I want my life. I want what I do. I want how I do it. I want it to be pleasing to you. I want to honor God. That needs to be in our lives. Amen? The second motivator that we looked at is this one, impact. Come on, say that with me. Impact. And that has to do with others. You know, really, I want to make a difference. You want to make a difference. You want to help somebody, encourage somebody, uh, you know, touch lives in, in a good way. And so remember that we, we need improvement in our life because what we do is going to impact others anyway, positive or negative. You never do anything in isolation. You know, even if you think you're alone or this is a part of your life that people don't know about, it impacts you and it carries through uh, and in one way or another is going to have impact on other people. So we want, we want to honor God. We want to impact others in the right way. So under the whole banner of better, uh, and we talk about this a lot, we're laser focused on this. What we're wanting to do, what we're wanting to have happening in our lives is that you and I are becoming more and more, if you know it, chime in, we're becoming more and more happy stable, fruitful, blessed, so that we could be a blessing and ultimately do what? Bring glory to God. So keep that in mind, becoming more and more happy, stable, fruitful, blessed, so that I could be a blessing, I could impact others, and then ultimately bring glory to God, that I could honor God. So these are our highest motivations, and it's connected to all of this with us. Now, our mission uh, stated perhaps a different way is even this. We're wanting to help everybody move from where you are to where God wants you to be. That whole idea speaks of forward motion and 
progress and improvement in our lives, in the broad areas of our lives, spiritually, um, practically, uh, relationally, on and on, however we could categorize it, you know, that we're moving from where we are to where God would want us to be. So here's a very important and liberating reality that goes with that. Everybody has a next step. Everybody has a next step. So I don't want you to feel left out and feel like, has, has, has this ever happened to you? I can remember like in third grade and you're taking a test and it's a time test and then you look up and you realize, I'm the only one still taking it, you know? And sometimes we feel like that in, in life. Uh, and it was math, by the way, just <laughs> throw that out to you. But, um, you know, the reality is everybody, everybody, myself, yourself. We we all have these next steps that we need to be taking, and God will help us as we do this. So realizing that everybody has a next step, we all do well to just admit it. Just admit it. I can do better. Come on, everybody say it with me. I can do better. And let's take a little bit further. I I need to do better. And then hopefully I want to get us all to the place where you want to do better. And uh, so that's what we're working and tying all of this together. And I believe God's going to help us with this. So all of this talk about improvement and progress leads us to the value of excellence. Excellence. And the root word of excellence, of course, is excel. This is one of my core values personally. This is one of the core values of this church. So let's look at excellence just for a moment. Excellence is doing what is best. It's doing what is best. Excellence means that you never do something halfway. You do something to the best of your ability. And get this, and best is only best until you can do do better. Now that seems like endless, you know, And, and really the rest of our lives we should be pointed forward, leaning forward, But understand this, that although this is doing our best, and best is only best until we can do better, understand this, excellence is not perfection. So in the pursuit of excellence, you cannot demand perfection. There's a a vast difference there. Sometimes, you know, people think that God is just wanting us to live perfect and we don't do perfect. Why don't we do perfect? Because we can't. We can't do perfect. And so God's not calling us to perfection. He's just calling us to excellence in our life, in all areas of our life. He's calling us to continue to grow, continue to make forward progress and to mature. And it's the whole idea of, of fruitfulness. So God is not asking for perfection. Listen, God is not some unreasonable ogre that you just can never please him. It's like, no matter what I do, it's never enough. It's never good enough. There is no pleasing God. Look at me. God is not that way. I said, God is not that way. Now, maybe you've had a, maybe one of your parents was that way. Maybe you had a a teacher or a coach or a boss or uh, even a spouse that that was that way. But, But God is not that way. Hear me on this. We live, we learn We labor under the tree of life. And so under the tree of life, effort is put out. We try, but this is not really just trying. 
This is actually training. I talked about it last week. There's a big difference between just trying and training. If you try something, it's pass-fail. Here, give this a try. Well, that didn't go well. And so it's pass-fail. But training is you continue to learn and grow. I used the illustration last week. You know, try to hit the ball. And so swing and a miss. Well, if you were just trying, that's over. But if we're training, then we come back and go, okay, here's what we need to do so that we can do better. Everybody say better. And so with better then, somebody helps you. You work on some things. But if, you, if it's a swing and a miss, that means, okay, let's see what we could do to help you out with that. Maybe you need to keep your eye on the ball. Maybe you need to not run from the ball. You know, maybe you need a different bat that's not as heavy or, you know, let's stand, let's square your stance a little bit. There could be things in training that help us to do better rather than the mindset that too many people carry that it's just, I'm trying, I'm trying. And if we keep trying and we don't hit it right, then we keep failing. And God is not calling us to that. God is calling us to growth and to increase and to fruitfulness and to improvement in our life. If you're following with me so far, let me get an amen from you today. All right. Here's, here's some truth that we absolutely have to have. I don't know, maybe 30, 40 years ago, I first heard this and it just registered, it just burned into my heart. And I want you to get this. There is nothing that you could ever do that, would, that could cause God to love you more than he loves you right now. Think about it. There's nothing else you could do that's going to cause God to love you more than he loves you right now. Let's go to the flip side. And there's nothing that you could ever do that would cause God to love you less than he loves you right now. See, this is not about performance This is about God's love, which is an unconditional love. God loves you, period. Actually, God loves you, exclamation mark. Too many people are God loves me, question mark. But here's the thing. I'm not trying to earn God's love, and I can't lose God's love. This is not about how good or bad I do. Let me take it a little bit further, though. God loves you just the way you are. But God loves you too much to just leave you like you are. So our relationship with God, our salvation, our relationship with God is a free gift. We're not talking about earning anything. This is a gift that comes from God. It is by grace through faith that this is ours. It's grace and faith plus nothing. We're not earning that. However, God, once we become his children, we're in relationship with him. He wants us to start to grow from there and to increase and to work out our salvation, to bring out the results of that relationship in our lives. But it has, it has nothing to do with earning or losing God's love. And I think it's very important that we have that in place. Let me say this to you again. God loves you just the way you are. But he loves you too much to just leave you right there. So he's calling us to better. He's calling us to better because it honors him. He's calling us to better because it impacts others. And he's calling us to better because of some things that we'll see as we continue in today's message here as well. Now, 
Here's the thing about God. God is not calling us to perfection, but he is perfecting us. And the Bible tells us, be perfect even as he is perfect. Well, we have to do a little bit of word study and find out he's not telling us to be perfect. He's revealing that he is perfect, and he's wanting us to gradually, progressively grow, mature. That's the meaning of that word, and come to more and more wholeness. So he is calling us into this process of of making progress and growing and maturing in him. However, God is perfect. Church, are y'all here today? Okay. God is perfect. Let me give you a little bit of a, 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 a theological word here. Here's a big theological word for you, and it's called immutable. Everybody say immutable. And it means this. It means God is perfect. This is incredible. God is perfect, and he cannot change because he cannot improve. He's perfect. There's nowhere further up for him to go in his perfection. God is immutable. So he cannot change because there's nothing for him to change to. There's no room for improvement. Here's a second theological word, holy. It can mean numerous things. And in this application here, holy also means perfect, that God is perfect. It also means this, that God is pure. And so God is so perfect and holy and pure and set apart, get this, that there's no way that he can be diminished, that he can't decrease, he can't go down. There's nothing about God that can corrupt. And so God is perfect and God is unchangeable. Are Are you following me on this? And so let's get some scripture on this. Psalm 18, verse 30. As for God, come on, read it with me. Okay, y'all, I need you a little little better. We're going to try more. That was practice. Here we go. Ready? As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield to all who trust in him. I want you to get that first line there. As for God, his way is perfect. He's perfect. His way is perfect. Look with me, if you will, in Malachi chapter 3. He says, for I am the Lord and I do not change. That does not mean that he's just stubborn. It doesn't mean that he's just set in his ways. This means he's perfect. I'm the Lord. I do not change. Look with me in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. Jesus Christ is the same, come on, yesterday, today, and forever. And that is absolutely good news. And then look with me in James chapter 1, verse 17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Again, this is actually good news. The James is in the New Testament, and in the New Testament Greek, this phrase here, no variation or shadow of turning, really has to do with this. With God, there is never, ever, even the slightest hint of inconsistency with God. Hear that? There's never even the slightest hint of inconsistency with God. Okay? Go back to our culture. Go back to our day. We have such political wrangling because one party thinks the other party's wrong, and they think the other party's wrong, and they won't meet in the middle. 
And so as one party takes power, they try to undo and change everything a previous party has accomplished. And this has only been going on for a few years. (laughs) This has been going on forever, folks. And there's so many things in our culture and our politics and everything that keep changing. Why do they keep changing? Because they're not perfect. And they're trying to find a better way and a different idea. And it throws all of the rest of us into the rinse cycle. Come on. And some of us in the spin cycle. And our world at times is so crazy. Eggs are good for you. Eggs are bad for you. Eggs are good for you again. I just keep eating them because if they go out, they'll come back in, you know? Butter's bad. Butter's good. Put butter in your coffee. Rub it on your face. Whatever it would be. Am I right? But as for God... His way is perfect. His word is proven. We sang this morning about Christ being our cornerstone, our foundation, our solid rock that we can actually stand on something that doesn't keep changing, that it's forever settled in heaven. And my life and my stability for my life and fruitfulness for my life can be found because I base my life on him and his ways. Because as for God, his ways are perfect and his word is proven. And I'm thankful, but there's never even the slightest, slightest hint of inconsistency with God. Aren't you glad, here we are in January, aren't you glad that you're not getting a notice from some you know, authorities saying, here's a few changes for your Bible for 2019. Here's an addendum to this and cut this out. Due to budget cuts, there'll be no more peace. And we're shutting down the book of Proverbs until further notice. No, it's good, y'all. It's good. And you can count on it. I don't care. You can go back hundreds of years and people who lived their lives standing on the, the, the firm foundation of God's word will hold you still. It's the anchor for your soul. A perfect God and a perfect word. Let's take it a little bit further. Isaiah chapter 55. The Lord is saying this. He says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts nor are your ways my ways. Go ahead to the next verse. Look at this. He gives us a a comparison. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts implied higher than your thoughts. How many of you know that God's thoughts and ways are higher than your thoughts and ways? One, two, three. Okay, good. Because I was going to tell the Lord at lunch who I'll raise raise him. Okay, let me rephrase it. God's thoughts and ways are better than my thoughts and ways. They're better. God's thoughts and ways are better than your thoughts and ways. God's thoughts and ways regarding how to live, how to do family, how to handle things, how to handle conflict even. God's thoughts and ways are higher. God's thoughts and ways are better. Can the church say amen so God can hear you on that one? Amen. 
And so once we settle that in our lives, and he, he gives us this comparison. First, the heavens are higher than the earth. So it's not two little boys on the playground at school fighting out about who has the better idea. This is God saying, let me show you. My, there's no comparison between my thoughts and ways and your thoughts and ways. So he says, as far as the heavens are above the earth. So this Old Testament Hebrew word for heavens here is not the habitation of God. It has to do with the sky and the planets. One of the commentators said it's the dome embedded with stars. Isn't that beautiful? And so it's that. And so I thought, well, how high? How high? What, what is he talking about? So I just, with my mind, and then I did a little bit of research. So what if he's only talking about, you know, above our atmosphere until we enter into space? Well, that's 73 miles. 73 miles. I'll, I'll admit God's thoughts and ways are probably at least 73 miles higher than mine. Well, what if he's talking about going to the moon? The moon being higher. Well, that's 239,000 miles. Would you admit it this morning? God, yeah, he's probably got that kind of lead on you as well. What if it's a whole light year? A light year is 5.88 trillion miles. I'm going to go ahead and humble myself. God, you're at least that far ahead of me, okay? That his thoughts and ways are so far higher than our thoughts and our ways Can we say amen one more time today? And so what we have to do is embrace, and that's what we're going to do with the rest of the series, is find out, God, what are your thoughts and ways on how to handle my roles, my responsibilities, my relationships, my duties, my demeanor, what I do, how I do it, why I do it, that I would embrace his ways. Because I'm going to tell you what, his ways are better they're better. And if you're stumped in something, this relationship, your marriage, your finances, your, your, whatever it would be, you need to find out God's thoughts and God's ways. Now, let me illustrate something for you. It's not really an illustration and there's nothing dramatic here, but I wanted to kind of diagram this out just a little bit. We've got God here, and God is holy, God is perfect. God is immutable. Remember that? He he can't even improve. He's so awesome and perfect. And he's unchanging. And he has thoughts and ways that are above anybody's thoughts and ways. So we've got God. And that's, that's why we worship him. And then you've got me. Go ahead and say that's me. Okay, it's you. And so here we are, limited flawed, inconsistent at best. I mean, even when you have one of those awesome days, good luck tomorrow. (laughs) Because we're inconsistent at best. And here's what God's doing. God is calling to us. He's doing it right now through the preaching of his word. He's calling us, come up. Come up, don't get bogged down in just doing things the way you've always done them. Because there might be a better way. I might have some better thoughts to bring you up. And so what do we talk about? We talked about it earlier. God is wanting to move me from where I am to where he wants me to be. Which is ultimately he wants me closer to him. And ultimately he wants me to be more like him. 
So what he does is he shows me his thoughts and his ways, and he starts to stir my heart and show me steps so that I could take the next step because everybody has a next step. And so God's not calling me to perfection. God's calling me to himself. And when he calls me into this region right here, can I tell you what this region is called? Better. God's calling you and me to better. And we don't get there in one one quick... You know, we get there step by step and never underestimate the power of just little steps of just following and obeying God as he shows us what to do, taking us from where we are to where he wants us to be. And I'll tell you what, the more that we get closer to God, the more that we become more like God, not only do things get better, we get better. Life is better when I know that I'm tracking right with God in this way. Amen? Amen. I'll sign this and we'll auction it off. Okay. (laughs) So we're fully loved. We're fully accepted by God. But he's calling us to better. And as we respond to better, like I said, we become more and more like him. We find his thoughts and ways. We acknowledge that his thoughts and ways are above my thoughts and ways. And as I embrace them and and apply them, get this, I apply them to my marriage, I apply them to the workplace, I apply them to my private, I I apply them to my thought life, I apply it to my stewardship. Things get better and better, and I do better. I will become a better husband. I'll be a better father. I'll be a better peepaw. I'll be a better pastor. I'll be a better friend. I'll be a better stranger. I'll be a better customer in a restaurant or a store. I'll be a better worker. I'll be a better neighbor. I'll be a better listener. I'll be a better citizen. I'll be better in every way. Not perfect. We don't do perfect here. I think we would explode if we even... We just don't belong here perfect. You won't fit in. (laughs) And so we keep on, keep on, keep on. In the next few weeks, what we're going to do is see how to overlay God's thoughts and ways, God's thoughts and ways that are so much better and what it will do in and through and for our lives. Amen? Amen? So ultimately, we're not being called to better even. We're being called to God, and that's better. Now, as I finish this morning, there's two results, at least, of better in our lives. And they end up being motivators. Results are great motivators. You know, if you're going to the gym or you're, you know, changing how you eat and exercise and you're getting the results you want, that will keep you motivated. But if you're doing something day after day after day after day and getting no results... You know, that's hard to stay motivated. So results help to motivate us. Let me show you two of the results of better that would serve to motivate us. First would be right here, reward. Everybody say reward. Reward. I believe this and you know this. Anytime you do better at something, you make improvements, there's an inside reward. You know, and so maybe 
you know, it could be a lot of things. You know, maybe some of you golf. And it was a better day on the golf course because you actually kept a couple of balls in the greens, in the fairway. Or maybe for some of you, it was just this better. I found several of the balls that I, that I hit. So maybe that's better. You know, Alicia and I have five kids. We've raised five kids, boy, girl, boy, girl, boy. Greatest joy of our life, our favorite people on the planet. And one of the most stressful things, though, about raising five kids is going with them to go get their driver's license. (laughs) Now, let me back up. Teaching them how to get to ready to go get their driver's license, that's a little stressful. But I can remember, I got to go with all uh, four of mine. I was actually uh, laid up with my injuries for my last one. But when we go... I mean, they walk out, here I go, Dad, and they go out with the examiner, and they're going to get in the car and drive off. How many of you folks have been there before, okay? And for Mom and Dad, it's like, oh, oh, Jesus. Because you want them to get it. Twice when I've been there, my kids are gone out, you know, taking their test, driving. But twice this has happened where a car will pull up, and the kid driving it will get out. <laughs> and then their dad's like next to me go, this is his third time to take it. He finally, you know, finally. <laughs> So how many of you know that re- there's a reward? There's a built-in reward. You know, with, with let's go back to kids when they're little. You know, during, during Christmas, my little grandson Milo, we were just watching him. He's standing in the living room at my daughter's house in Nashville. And suddenly he's standing. He's by a coffee table and he's messing with something and then he's just standing, not holding on. And we're like, (laughs) and then his life goes on. Good boy went potty. And then it's all these other things. And then, you know, with all five of mine teaching them how to ride a bike. And I can remember running along, holding the back of the the seat on their bicycle, you got it, come on, you got it. And they go, do I have it? No, I got it, but we'll get there. <laughs> but then that day comes that where you let go and you go, you got it, it's all you. You know, there's a rejoicing, there's a built-in joy and reward when we do better. And I'm telling you, I don't care what area of, it, of your life is, as you embrace God's thoughts and ways and you actually, you know how to handle that a little bit better. There's a sense of inward joy and reward that God brings, which is to me evidence. It's proof that God endorses improvement. It's proof that God is involved in growth and maturity and growing and fruitfulness. God loves that. And God blesses that and part of it, even as we're just in the process, there's reward. And the last thing is this, reflection. Everybody say reflection. See, you and I were made, created, in the likeness and image of God. So go with me on this. You and I are actually called to be image bearers of God, which means this. We are to reflect the image and likeness of God to the world around us. People should be able to see God in our lives. Sometimes we don't reflect so well. 
that image has gotten distorted and damaged. And when you come to Jesus, he redeems it and restores it and makes it right. But yet in reality, I'm still a work in process. What makes it real is when I make progress, when I get better. So what ends up happening is this. The more that you and I, the more that we get closer to God, and the more that we become more and more like God, get this, the more accurately we reflect God to the world around us. I want to grow. I want to be better because I don't want to give people a wrong reflection of God. When I was in sixth grade, my whole family got invited to church. I had an alcoholic, angry stepfather. And my family was kind of a messed up situation at the time. We got invited to church. We went to church, and within two weeks, the whole family had given their lives to Jesus. It was a, it was a real, real beautiful turning point for our family. And Jesus did a wonderful thing, but this is what I watched. It was just a small church, and now I kind of understand part of the reasons why it was small. But there were, there were men in the church especially, and I will never question if they loved God. I will never question their salvation. That's way beyond my pay grade. But they were angry and grumpy and judgmental. And they've talked to me. I remember... I remember, and I've told you this before, a couple of grumpy men stand outside a church. Son, have you given your life to Jesus? And inside I'm thinking, I don't want to if it makes me like that. Can I tell you what they were? I forgive them. It's not my place to even judge them, but I can learn from this. They gave me a wrong reflection of God. I entered my teenage years wondering, is, is God like all these old angry men? Men of Meadowbrook, look at me. We're going to be some happy dudes. Are you hearing me? We are going to reflect a good God. But for all of us, Here's something that really matters. It's the reflection because you and I are, in fact, image bearers of God to the world around us. And as we enter into this process, as we, as we go across this, this territory right here, we're going to become more and more like God. We're going to get closer and closer to God. And it's going to be a clearer and clearer, more accurate reflection to the world around us of just how God is. One last thing this morning the precious, all-powerful, always-present Holy Spirit will be with us every step of the way. This is not a barren land that we're called out to to just do your best and make your way here. He is with us and in us to help us and strengthen us and remind us and convict us and forgive us and heal us and turn us back around and warn us and cheer us on. And I'm thankful for the Holy Spirit to get us there. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Did you get anything at all out of this today? All right. Good deal. Thanks again for listening to this message resource for Meadowbrook. You can stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.